Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, a podcast to help clarify the process of loss and grief through experiences shared from myself and through others living with loss. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and this is show number 105. In this podcast, I will review the many common myths of grief to help you better prepare for the road ahead. You are invited to join this community and share your story to help others better understand grief, how it affects us moving forward, and how best to navigate its difficult path. I invite you to join the community on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, and find quick links to do both over at journeytograteful.com. And lastly, I ask that you take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Doing so will help this podcast reach more people like yourself in need of an insightful grief resource which can help them navigate their grief journey. Grief has taught me many things over the years, but the most important thing it has brought to the light is the commonality of it all. It sadly brings people together, but in a way that's a good thing because when you are grieving, company is a friend to grief. Because sharing stories helps you to discover you're not alone in your grief or in your experiences with grief. That is where this episode begins, with that commonality which has brought me to invite today's guests, Kira Pogi, onto the show to speak about grief and grief support. I first met Kira this year at the end of September. We both attended a two-day workshop for entrepreneurs and small business owners and even influencers. But Kira and I have a common bond through grief as well. She has listened to the Journey to Grateful podcast for more than a year, as she has lost her mom several years ago. And through our shared and contrasting experiences, we have decided a quick discussion we had back in September should be shared among you, our friends, here on the podcast. So join us as we discuss and examine grief support from all sides. Okay, on today's show, I would like to welcome my brand new friend, Kira Pogi, and her and I met, now it's been just over a month ago, and it was at a an event down in Orlando, Florida. I've been to it since 2019, and it's Lou Mangello's Momentum Weekend, and what it is, is it's a, it's a group of 50 people. They can be small business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and we get together and we talk about how to, how to better our businesses, how to even create businesses, whether it is an actual business that has a physical product to sell or might be a service. It might be even how to start a podcast such as this. So this is a wonderful wonderful conference that I've been able to speak at for the last several years. And I have met so many people and they have all been wonderful. And Kira is no exception to that particular rule. So thank you very much for joining me and welcome to Journey to Grateful Podcast. I'm so happy and grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. No, you're very welcome. Now, as a backstory to our history, which is extremely short, but that's fine. It's this beginning of a wonderful friendship. Kira and I started talking about 
the podcast and about grief. And as we were talking, and specifically talking more so about how people support others that are going through grief and how when people are supporting others that are going through grief, what their perception of their help is before they've experienced grief themselves, and then what it actually turns out to be after they've experienced grief and they've actually had a chance to kind of look back at those moments in time when they thought they were helping somebody. I know it sounds much more complicated than it actually was in our discussion, but that is the basis of what today's episode is going to be. And as we were discussing this, and it was really a quick five-minute conversation, don't you think? That's what it was. Yeah, I remember myself saying, and you reminded me before we got on the podcast, that I said, this is what an episode is. It's just us discussing things like this. This is just needs to have a microphone. So we figured, let's go ahead and get together, put a microphone in front of us, and have the conversation as we started back in Orlando. So, Kira, what was your takeaway from our short discussion and something that you really wanted us to kind of continue as we start this discussion? First, I just want to say for you, Tim, thank you, because I, I've been listening to your podcast since last year, and even years after losing my mom, when I discovered it, it's still so helpful. The thank support, you. the camaraderie, that feeling of this is a club nobody wants to be in. Yes. But once you're in it, you're kind of in a position to give support, as we talked about, that you hadn't thought of before you experienced it yourself. Yeah. So thank you for this and you're the welcome. community you. that you've built. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. And when it comes to your question, I think, I think some of this is for the individuals who have lost someone to kind of understand the people around you are doing the best that they know how. Yes. But if they haven't been through it, which is a good thing. <laughs> if yes. they haven't been if they haven't been through it, they don't necessarily know exactly how you're feeling or what you need. And they may say things that they think are really supportive that you may take a very different way. Um, and I think it will also be a really helpful conversation for people who are on the other side who are trying to support, just giving them more insight into how deep that grief can really be and support looks different for for everybody. But sometimes when you're on the outside of it and you haven't experienced it, you don't even know where to begin. Absolutely. I think that everything that you have said is absolutely spot on. And the reason why it's so spot on is unfortunately because of your history with grief. But it is important for everybody to understand that when you are, you are the person who has lost somebody, you may have to give some grace to the people that you have to interact with after that loss because they are coming from different experiences as well. And if they come from no experience with grief at all, they're going to be stumbling just as much as you seem to be stumbling while you're trying to walk your path with grief. It's because they're awkward. They, they don't know what to say. They don't want to say the wrong thing. They want to help if they possibly can, but they probably have some anxiety as to how in the world they could possibly help. And coming from the place of wanting to help is what you need to keep in your mind when they might say something incorrect or perceived as insensitive. 
because they are truly thinking that they are helping or better yet, if they say something that seems to be to you very obviously insincere or just wrong, like, oh, I can't believe somebody would say that. They don't have the experience. They don't have the upbringing or their upbringing. Like I've said many times on this podcast, when I was younger, grieving was a two-week period where family and friends got together. You were introduced to some cousins you never knew you had. You did the funeral. You did the burial. You went out and had some food. It was a several-day period, up to two weeks, and then everybody just kind of went away, went back to work, and that was grieving. And that is no way grieving. Absolutely not grieving. So when it comes to somebody that's trying to support you, they're most likely trying to do it the best that they, best way that they feel that they can. They might not be coming to this grief with the same knowledge or the same experience that you are. Now, have you experienced this firsthand? Anything specific that you can bring up as, a, well, this happened to me and either this is how you handled it or you understood where that person was coming from? Definitely. So I've experienced it on both sides. Before I lost my my mother, I had friends who lost parents. Um, and in those moments, I I thought I was being supportive. I thought I was trying to help. You know, you make food and you sure. go over to visit them and you let them talk about it. But then when I lost my mom, I had this immediate feeling of, wow, I never did enough for those people because I just didn't realize how incredibly deep this cut would be mm-hmm. until it happened. Mm-hmm. So I've experienced that side of it. But then definitely when when mom passed, for us, it was a sudden passing. It was very unexpected. And to share like a a shorter version of that story, she had some intestinal issues. She was constantly getting tests, but it was misdiagnosed. They didn't realize it was the intestine. And in the late spring, early summer of 2014, her, she was at home. Dad, by some miracle, had decided to stay home from work that day. And she screamed in pain from the other room. They rushed her to the hospital, and it was a burst intestine. Oh. She she went into sepsis, and the surgeon actually saved her life at that point, but she needed an ostomy bag for six to eight months. And they told her, look, like, this was the darkest moment. Like, you were in sepsis. We saved your life. You know, it'll be six to eight months, but then we can reverse the ostomy bag and put your intestine back together very routine. You'll be in the hospital for like two, three days okay. and you'll be home and like okay. back to normal life. Yeah. When she went in for that surgery, a bunch of things went wrong and she never came home. It was very, very unexpected. I'm and so, so sorry to hear this. Thank, thank you so much. And thank you for letting me voice it. Of course. Um, because I, lo- I do love talking about her. I don't love, yeah. you know, this yeah. part of the story. Yeah. Um, that's my least favorite chapter of her life. Yes. Amen. <laughs> um, yeah. But she's had a wonderful life and was an incredible woman and still is, I believe, up there. But when when we got to the other side of everything that was happening and we were going through the visiting hours and then the funeral and even a couple weeks after that, that's such a busy, loud time in yes. some ways. Like you're in a place of almost numbness because yes. it's so surreal. And then people, there are tons of people around you and all of that. But a lot of people would would say to us, 
Like, she's in a bit better place. She's finally at peace. And for us, that felt so disingenuous because mm-hmm. we're like, no, like, she was supposed to be home in two days. She wasn't suffering. And even for people who experience that, like, every experience is so different. So we're like, don't tell us she's in a better place. She was with us. Yeah, that's right? the better and, place. The being with right. us is the better place. There is no better Ex- place than that. Yeah. Yes, completely. And the, there's this beautiful quote that we used, heaven on earth with you. And she looked that quote. That's and nice. so, like, we're like, no, like, being mm. with us is where she was supposed to be. But all of those people meant, meant it in such a beautiful way. They were trying to be helpful. Yep. They were trying to be comforting. And so, of course, we, I mean, we didn't look at them and say, no, you're wrong. Of course. <laughs> you know, we, we accepted it and understood, like, the place they were coming from. Yeah. But I think there was still that feeling when you went down and sit down, like, oh, gosh, I can't believe they said that because they just don't understand how we're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or we had many people tell us, you know, a few weeks in, I totally honestly am a very emotional person. And I found myself going to the bathroom at work like once a day just to cry, just to sure. be like, I need a, I need a moment. Just to get away, grab a, grab a couple yeah. minutes. Totally. Where I just like go, literally just go in a stall to cry. <laughs> yeah. And I, people in, you know, the extended relationships would be like, you know, friends, family, things would be like, don't cry. Like she wouldn't want you to cry. And I'm like, I don't know. I think she'd be happy we miss her. <laughs> yep. But it's everybody's, and, and there may be people listening right now who are like, you're wrong, because that's not my experience. And that's okay, too. Like, Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think so that's really an everybody. important aspect of what you're talking about. Not only the realization once you're going through grief that you look back on what you may have said in a moment of support for somebody else, and, oh, my gosh, did I say that uh you know, maybe I wasn't coming across um, genuine or maybe I could have done more and I didn't realize this was so tough. But everybody's experience is absolutely different. And, you know, this this podcast, every single time I talk about my loss and every single time I have a guest on and we talk about each other's losses, these are experiences that we hope to put out there to help guide people whether they are very fresh with their loss, if they are trying to support somebody in their loss, or even if they're expecting a loss, because sometimes that happens as well, you need to kind of understand that there are many different things that are going to come at you with this whole grief thing. And we can only tell you what our experiences have been and what they currently are, And it can be used as hopefully a guide as to what might come to you, but doesn't necessarily guarantee that it will. And certainly the timeline in which certain things happen is never the same. It is definitely never the same. I mean, you might be somebody that is three months from uh, your passing and you find yourself in the restroom taking five minutes every single day at work. Where somebody else who is three months past their grief seems outwardly to be doing just fine. There are criers in this world. There are people that don't cry in this world. You know, that is absolutely okay. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I and I think also just something when you have someone that you 
that you've lost or if you're supporting someone who's lost someone, one thing that you that people could do is go to that person and just instead of coming up with something to say, just ask them what they need right now. Because they might say, I just need you to listen and I'm going to sit here and cry. Or I just need to be left alone today. Or actually, I need a pep talk. Like I need you to lift me up out of this moment. Yeah. Yeah. And just asking the question opens up so much safe space for that person to say exactly what they need. And sometimes they won't know. They might be like, I don't know, just give me a hug because I'm not sure. I think I think oftentimes that's going to be the case. But the, their response is also going to be as individual as everybody else in your life. So their really? response and the way that they react to your question is going to be different. And I would just kind of uh, add to that particular idea Sometimes, depending upon the person you are going to try to offer help to, if you know the person's personality, some of those people really will get lost if you simply say, hey, what can I do for you? Or what do you Mm, need? Open-ended questions sometimes can be just overwhelming. So you can also, if that person is the type of personality that needs it, You can give them a choice or a couple of choices so it can be easier for them to pick. You know, would you like to grab a cup of coffee and just sit down and talk? Or would you like to come over to my house so it's a little bit more private and just have a moment to yourself? Whatever you can possibly come up with, if you also reach out to them with maybe something they can answer yes or no to, depending upon their personality, that might be a little bit better. But again, that is going to be different for every person. At the very least, reaching out, offering a shoulder to cry on, offering a moment that somebody can just be honest and talk and maybe even cry, goes so far. It absolutely goes so far. Yes, we appreciate the food. We appreciate the, the, the dinners. We appreciate the six dozen cookies that somebody dropped off at the door. Those tend to end after a while. And my grief's not going to go anywhere with six dozen cookies. (laughs) And I appreciate the sustenance, but I have always far more appreciated a ear to bend, a hand to hold, or just a moment to, to, to be with somebody other than myself. Sometimes in our head, we can be our own worst enemy. It's so true. Have you, when, when your story started with grief, did you have people that, that reached out? What was your experience in terms of support? Did you have people that reached out where the support was, I know you mean well, but it doesn't fit? Or did you have people that reached out that did exactly the right thing that you're talking about right now? Okay, I'm really taking a moment to think about this because our situation in a way, in a good way, I believe is a bit different. And here's why. I know I'm really hesitating with this, but in general, as you might know my story, my wife's late husband passed in 1999. So we literally have three families. We have my wife's late husband's family, we have my wife's family, and we have my family. And each one of these families has all experienced loss, great personal close loss. 
that's where the benefit comes in because they understand from experience what to do, how to offer a helping hand, how to truly make it less confusing or less daunting on the person. And they show up and they're not afraid to show up where oftentimes there have been people, and I've certainly experienced this as well, where some people you know, outside your ring of family, you know, you certainly have, everybody has a life where your central core is your close family and the next ring out might be the people from church and or school. And then the next ring out is, you know, second cousins that you often don't run into or work people and, and so on and so forth. And uh, some of the outer rings of those people in your life might not uh, quite understand what they can do to help. And they might not understand that that help or that, that reaching out and holding somebody's hand doesn't need to only be there for the first two weeks or the first two months. It, it is priceless if they would just simply contact you eight months later and check in on you and whatever. So Back to your original question, I've definitely experienced both. I've experienced the awkward supporter not knowing what to say or what to do. I've experienced people who just knew what, what to do and they just, they converged and they were here and they were at our side. And of course, with my situation, I have three children and um, three families and my goodness, I can say that I am spoiled with support and it is a wonderful position to be in. Even now, three plus years after the loss of my wife, we have people that will say, hey, let's, to get, to, let's get together once a month and we'll just gather over at such and such little restaurant or whatever and we just want to catch up. And that's all it is, is it's just being there for it. And you don't have to talk about the loss, or maybe you do. So it is, it is quite priceless. How about your situation and your experience with the support? Were you able to benefit great support as well, or did you find a little bit more of the unsured support? We definitely had both. Definitely people that became un kind of uncomfortable around us. I'd say specifically my dad, too. Like wow. people were really nervous to talk to him about it. Sure, um, sure. They were together for a really long time. Mm, they had yeah. a really beautiful relationship. They did yep. everything together. So it really hit, it hit all of us really hard. But it hit my dad hard in a different way because he was like, I have memories with your mom that nobody else has. Oh, yes. It, you know, just the two of us. I think there was definitely that trepidation from some people mm -hmm. or people who would ask, how are you doing? And, and they mean well. But then you start crying at work and they're like, whoa. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. They're like, I kind of want to hear what, how you're doing, but like not too much of the reality. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but still very well-meaning and I'm still grateful for those people. But then we absolutely had people. I had really um, a college mentor and friend who reached out. He had lost his father and he reached out to me four months, six months. Eight, you know, he would just reach out and be like, hey. I know this doesn't go away. So like, how are you doing? Checking in. And yeah. And because we had friends who had been through similar instances, either losing a parent or immediate family member in some way, they were the ones that would, they'd reach out, you know, six months later, a year later, 
my dad has a best friend from when he was very young, and that gentleman actually lost lost his father when they were late teens, early 20s. Wow. And so he was somebody that would call dad once a month and just be like, talk to me. Tell me everything. Like, Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And so we were, were really blessed to be surrounded by people who understand and also surrounded by people who were just really well-intended, even if, even if they didn't know exactly where we were coming from. It was mm-hmm. all coming from a place of love. And I, and I think that's something to remember as, as a person who's grieving is just like it, it is always coming from a good place. You know, people want to help even it if is. it comes off wrong. Yes. And absolutely. I love what you said about reaching out. Like just, just reaching out means so much. Acknowledging that this loss, it's not the wake, the funeral, and then you're done. It's the rest of your life. And, and I used to watch my mom had lost both her parents by the time she was early 40s. And I used to watch her at Christmas. She'd always like take a moment at Christmas on her birthday and just like sit in a chair, put her head back and like cry for a few minutes. And then she'd, and then she'd be totally present and the most bubbly, positive, optimistic person you've ever met wow. in your life. Because that, that, that was her light. She just was that person. I hope this isn't too we, forward, but I love your mother. No. That I'm old. Thank you. No. She's really, I know I'm very biased, but I love her too. <laughs> but she, she would say, and then my dad went through the same thing, losing both parents. And they would both say, like, you always have that moment. Even if it's 12 years, 15 years down the road, yes. miles, milestones come up and you wish they were there for it. So even though it's years later, like when I went wedding dress shopping and my mom couldn't be there, oh. you know, it's like, oh. My, my mother, yeah, like my mother-in-law was there. My dad was there. My sisters were there. My mom's best friend, like my sister-in-law, everybody. And I loved that. But there was a spot missing, you know, and yeah. people, people who reach out and just be like, hey, it's been 10 years. How are you doing? Wow. Because there's always a part of you. People like that are keepers. <laughs> That's fantastic. And, yes. And I would agree. <laughs> I absolutely would agree. Surround yourself with those people. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I have a question for you. Do you have a specific story of someone who offered support in a unique way where you thought, wow, that is really quite interesting. I've got to remember that because I think this is so, whether it's creative, unique, just so thoughtful and outside the box. You think of for a minute, because there were a lot of really wonderful people that, that checked in on the road. I think, you know, my mom's best friend and also our hairdresser since we were like really tiny. So she's basically, she's basically our aunt, <laughs> um, you know, like an adopted aunt. She, like on Mother's Day, has been having lunches with my older sister, my younger sister and I. If we can get together and just see each other. Wonderful. Um, we try. Or on mom's birthday. Um, it's not nice. always Mother's Day. It's usually around mom's birthday, which is, which is hard because like we still want to celebrate her. Yes. Um, and, and I'll share this for anybody who's out there that thinks they're crazy. You're not on, <laughs> on, on, very often on mother's day or my mom's birthday, I will still, still go purchase a card and just write her message. Oh, that like, is so sweet. Up to, Cause the writing is like therapy. Yes. And it's like, I just want you to, I give you a little update and know that we miss you kind of thing. Oh. Um, 
But the fact that her best friend is like, hey, her birthday's coming up. Do you guys want to get lunch? And we'll just sit around and talk about if you want to. Oh, my goodness. And if you don't feel up to talking about it, because every year is different and every milestone is different, then we'll just sit and have lunch together. Oh, that's Um, fantastic. And so that's been really meaningful. And then, again, I'll say, like, my dad's best friend has just been incredible in his support in that, you know, my, my dad a couple years in said, hey, I lost your mom when I was 59. I may not want to spend, you know, I'm, I'm planning to be here till I'm 90. I yep. may not want to spend 30 years alone. And I've only known 40 years of a great relationship. Like, how do I, how do I move forward not in a partnership? His best friend was one of the first people he was able to talk to about that and not feel guilty because he's like, I still love Bonnie. Yeah. Ben- yes. Benita was her name, my mom's name. He's like, I still love her so much, but I also, I don't want to experience the rest of my life alone. So his best friend, and of course we were supporting him in that, but it was tough for us too at the beginning when he said, like, I'm, when he first said, I think I might go online and start dating. It was like this weird role reversal where yeah. he's like, what should I wear? And we're like, that's what we're, we're supposed to ask you that question. <laughs> you know? Oh, that that's the sweetest thing. That it is... was, yeah. But. But his best friend was the, actually the, one of the first people he talked to about it because his best friend's brother had kind of been through a similar thing where he lost his wife and then got remarried. And so my dad was like, I feel weird talking to about this to somebody, but I need to because I think it's my maybe my next step. Um, How fortunate the way, is he that he had somebody he could talk to? That, yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. And so like that, I think, I give a huge shout out to Bob for being that human for my dad and for us, because in supporting dad, he was supporting us without us even know, knowing sure. in the beginning. Right. So, sure. um, and that support has continued years later, you know, and I want to give a shout out to my bonus mom because my dad did get remarried. Oh. I think, I think my mom like literally plucked her from like heaven and was like, you join this family. Nice. Um, she's also in, incredibly supportive because as my husband and I are, you know, trying to have kids or, or as all of us are getting married or whatever it might be, she is both very supportive and also totally willing to hear stories about mom and not be weird about it. Like some people would be. Yes. And she's so warm and open because she's like, that's your mom. Let's talk about it. And that's such, that's such a blessing because not everybody who would join a family later in life would be open to having those discussions. You Not know? everybody that would join a family, period. It doesn't matter what time of yes, their life 100%. It is. Her comment, that's your mom, let's talk about her, that's priceless. And that actually brings up another subject that I'd like to dive into. And that is, after the loss of your mother, did you run into... The awkwardness where people didn't feel like they could say her name, speak about her, and how did that work? And then how did you actually approach that? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think a lot of people probably have that experience. So I did have friends that said, which was perfect. They're like, we want to support you. Is it okay if we talk about your mom? Do you want to talk about your mom? I think sometimes because I'm I am a crier, people would be like, oh no, I didn't want to make you cry. And I'm like, no, like this is good. 
I, you know, there's a beautiful quote from WandaVision that was so healing when I heard it. That is, I know the grief, quote you're going to say. Yeah. Go ahead, say grief, it. Grief is love persevering. Like, yes. Yes. It's so, good. so, it's so brilliant. It's so good. I'm like, I want to shake the person that I want to hug, hug the person, shake their hand, give them a hug because yes. just hearing it was healing to me. Yes. But yeah, so we had, we had people that would ask and then get like, oh, I'm sorry I made you cry and be like, no, like, I love to cry about her. She's worth crying over. Like, I, let's just talk about it. Sometimes I cry. Sometimes I don't. It depends on the day. So it's all good. But we did also have people who, like my father experienced people who would just never bring it up because they were so scared that if they did, it would be a breaking point or it would be hurtful. Yeah. 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 And, um. Well, I think that it it makes sense from that supporter point of view that they don't want to trigger, quote unquote, any right. emotions. Right. It's going to happen. You cannot predict it. I mean, heck, a walking down the aisle in the grocery store and seeing their favorite dessert could be totally. a trigger. I, and And certainly don't ever feel for you supporters out there that you bringing up my wife's name is going to suddenly remind me that day that I lost her. It's just not, you know, obviously we, we, we both understand you wake up every morning, you know that you've lost somebody, you go to bed, you know that you've lost somebody. And I would much prefer to be triggered and have people in my life comfortable to talk about memories about my wife than nobody talk at all. Say their name. Yeah. And I actually, I heard you said that in a recent podcast, mm -hmm. right? When you're yes. reading the letter, it was so beautiful. Yeah. And I loved when you said that, say their name. I love, I was recently, when I was in Disney, we went to Epcot and there was somebody whose name was Benita, like just her oh, name. Oh my goodness. And whenever I see Benita or Bonnie, like I get teary eyed and I just, I'm like, I love your name. <laughs> <laughs> I need to just, you know, like, I just love seeing it. I love hearing it. I love hearing people talk about her. And I think the other thing I'd say to anybody who's on the support side, if you're nervous about that, unlocking that emotion, or like you said, triggering it, that if you trigger an emotion, it means someone, for the most part, feels safe with you. Because oh, that's nice. I've noticed, I've noticed in, even in the process of the wake and the funeral, there are people that would walk through that we had more of an acquaintanceship with or people who are, maybe didn't know us as well. And I was, I was calm in those moments and you shook their hand and you went through and everything. And then you see someone you really know and you just hold them so tight and you break down because it's a safe place. And so if you ask someone how they're doing and they, they're honest and they're like, you know, great. And they start emoting in whatever way they emote because everyone's different it's because they trust you mm -hmm. and so triggering that emotion is not always a bad thing i like that that is really a great way of looking at that it is an actual good aspect external explanation of what and how deep your relationship is with that particular person and or your relationship with the person who has passed. So that is really wonderful. I really appreciate that you brought that up. That is, I never thought of it that way. That's fantastic. 
You know, you also talked about somebody supporting your father and the friend of his mm -hmm. being able to be there and listen to him when he really had nobody else to talk to and feel comfortable about talking to about potentially dating again and how that even helped you guys without knowing it. And I, I think that was the first time that I realized that I have experienced a similar situation when somebody would support my children. Mm. It wasn't directed at me specifically, and it may not have even been in front of me or with my obvious knowledge that they were doing so, but that goes a very long way to soothing me, to comforting me, even though it was not a direct relationship with their support and myself, because you are supporting my, my family, you are supporting me. Because he was supporting your father, he was supporting the entire family. And that's a great mindset to also walk away with, because you don't know how far your support will affect everybody involved with this loss. And keep in mind, we keep referring to our loss and then our immediate family, but it could also affect people in those outer rings. And you just don't know how that's going to affect someone. So by all means, don't hesitate to show your support. Don't hesitate to put yourself out there. We all understand that as supporters, we will experience anxiety as to what we should say, what we should do. And what you need to do is you need to actually listen to your heart. You need to actually take away from your relationship with these people and do something that just makes, makes sense because of your relationship. And I think you can do no wrong. Just simply follow your heart. I love that. I, I totally agree. And I, I think what you said about the ripples is so important because, you know, our my sisters, all of our husbands supporting us meant that if I broke down to my husband at home, I could be stronger when I got to dad's house. Yeah. And the people that I worked with that were willing to talk about it and and or made me laugh yes. or, you know, and brought a little joy meant that I'm stronger when I went to be back with my family. Yes. And so it, it's so true. Like it just ripples out everywhere. So I love that you brought that up because it's so important. Like you think you're helping one person, but there's usually a, a community of people going through it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You are very, very correct in that. So what have you learned and how do you show up with your support after you've actually experienced grief that may have been different from before? Yeah, I think I think for me a lot of it is intentionally entering the space from a supportive loving area but also being patient up but not always this may sound weird showing up and not always giving advice like being there to listen being there to support, finding out kind of what they need. Or like you said, if you know them, their personality, like showing up in a way that you know will be supportive, but also not directing them on how to grieve. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that's something that happened a lot for us. Like we mentioned, people would say like, oh, don't cry or don't feel this way or they want you to move on or whatever it might be.
everybody experiences grief so differently. Like you said, the timeline of the stages of grief could be months for one person, years for another. And so my biggest lesson is be patient and try to understand where they're coming from first. And don't your best advice can be, or the best thing to say sometimes is just, I understand it's so hard. And I'm here for you, regardless of what hard looks like for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is really good advice. And I think that what we have to also do is be honest. You can be a, a supporter and you can show strength, but you can also show vulnerability. My point here is that you can actually approach someone and you can actually say the words, I have no idea what you're going through. And I think that more times than not, that comment will be appreciated. And But you're still there. You're still at their side. You are still showing up. You, you don't have to know what we're going through in order to successfully help us, support us, and give us strength. You, you just don't. You just need to be there. And I cannot say that enough. I think I've repeated that several times in this episode, but just just showing up is huge. And you don't have to have all the, all the answers. Nobody's going to ask you for all the answers. You don't have to know the, quote, right thing to say. So true. You can say the wrong thing. You can, you can be human. We allow you to be human. But I think that it's very important that you mentioned don't try to tell someone who's grieving how they should grieve, how they should feel, what they should or should not be doing. That's definitely not support. Support does not look like you directing them. Support is helping them walk the path. And if they say they need to go left and sit down and cry, you go left and you sit with them and you let them cry. And I think that is the best way that we can possibly support anybody. So I guess we could talk about this probably for hours. And I think that you and I, even from our Momentum weekend when we first met, we could have said, you know, Lou, we'll be back in about an hour. <laughs> you go on without us and we're going to have our own little conversation over here. But I don't want to close out the discussion here without giving you a chance to let me know if there's anything that you would like to share with the audience or a suggestion or two that you would like them to walk away with that you've either learned, you've experienced, even if it's just a story. Because keep in mind, everybody out there, we are telling you our experiences and you take that for what it's worth. And if it fits your situation, great. And if it doesn't, maybe even if it doesn't quite yet, because you're in a different place of your with your grief, that's absolutely fine. Hearing something and tucking it away and then bringing it back out when it really affects your situation is also a very good thing to get from, I don't care if it's this podcast, other podcasts, audio books, the written word, articles online, take in as much as you possibly can, filter what doesn't seem to work for you right now, but keep it in the back of your mind because at some point in time, you might find value in it. So now that I have just rambled, it is up to you to let us know if there's anything that you'd like people to take away. 
Okay. Yeah. No, honestly, you're not rambling. That was so perfect. I think that's such great advice. Like what you just said was so perfect when you said, you know, absorb all this stuff, filter out what you doesn't feel right now, but keep it in your back pocket. And we've had some recent loss in family too. And I've shared your podcast with people because I'm like, you might not be ready for it yet, but when you are ready for it, it's going to be a very welcome place to land. And so I think what you said is so helpful and so insightful because there are things, you know, when mom first passed that people would be like, you should go to therapy. And we're like, in the beginning, we were like, I don't know. I don't know if that, that person won't understand because they wouldn't have known her. And I've been to therapy and it's great. Everybody should go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. So, but it's like different times in your in your life that you're ready to take that step or to accept whatever it might be. That's very good advice. You cannot jump into anything that doesn't feel right at the moment, but don't toss it uh, away. Right. Keep keep that as a possibility. And it's fine to say, no, I don't want, I don't want counseling right now, but the right now is the key piece there. You know, maybe it's a few months later, maybe it's a few years later. I don't think it's ever too late to go to therapy if it fits the situation, right? hundred percent. And I, I think the other thing I'd share is whether you're someone supporting someone who's grieving or if you're grieving yourself, just to share that even for my sisters and I, it was a very different process. You know, we all had a great relationship with mom, um, but we all gr- grieved kind of differently. So like my older sister right away would love to come to my father's house and look at all the photo albums. Mm-hmm. And, my, and that was calming for her. It was peaceful. And my younger sister and I found that very, very difficult. So sometimes we, we would go in the other room and we would listen to some of her favorite music instead, or nice. we would just talk. Yes. Um, and there's no wrong way. And I, and I think that's what I would tell people is, you know, there's not, it's okay if you're a crier. It's okay if you're not. It's okay if you keep something in the closet for six months. It's okay if you donate things right away. Everybody's process is going to be so different. And for some people, holding on to things, it, you know, is necessary for the, mm-hmm. for however much time that's necessary for. Mm-hmm. And then for other people, it's like, I, I can't have their stuff in the house. Like, so it's, there is no wrong way. So whether you're grieving or supporting someone who is, like, try to understand where they're coming from before you say, well, they shouldn't do this or they shouldn't do that. And also listen to Tim's a podcast about the, about the orange cup. Oh, about isn't the orange, the orange cup. cup wonderful? That's a wonderful Oh, it's so story. good. Oh. That was such a good episode. Um, go back to that episode. Yes. And listen to it because it it kind of expresses what I just said. Like, you know, yeah. people come to it in their own way. And as long as you show up to support them in whatever way that looks like, they'll they'll be better off for it. And there's a great there's a great quote that I I won't get the quote right, but Brene Brown talks about sympathy versus empathy. She said sympathy very often is, you know, someone's in a hole and you're at the top being like, come on, get up here. Like, why aren't you up here with me? It's so easy. Just climb out. And empathy is crawling into the hole with them. Oh, Oh, I really like this. Right. And so I, I feel like, yeah, I loved it when she's, when I saw that in one of her talks and I was like, oh, that's so good. Because it's so true. Like, it's very easy if you see someone who's sad or going through grief to say, oh, come on, we'll cheer you up. Like, just just get happier. Like, 
we'll help you get over this kind of thing. But the truth is, most of us who are grieving, we're not looking to get over it because you never really do. We're just looking how to move forward into our life and move to the other side of grief, which you so beautifully say. I love that you use the word grateful because it's so true. Um, So, yeah, instead of think about that, too, um, when you're supporting someone, it's not just sympathy and like pulling them out of their grief. It's sitting with them in the grief and and letting them process it. Yeah, letting them walk this journey is a very important thing to walk away with. And it's it's priceless to understand that this is a journey they have to take. And and if you've never experienced grief, you will find out when you are there and it's a journey you have to go through. Because that entire process has many ebbs and flows, has many nooks and crannies, and they all need to be experienced in order for you to come through it the proper way. Now, you mentioned the episode. It is titled, Today I Washed the Orange Cup, and it's episode 103 for anybody who's listening going, oh, wait, what did they say about the orange cup? Go ahead and take a listen to episode 103. And... I I just cannot tell you how much I appreciate not only your time today, but the discussion that we had back at Momentum in September and now my new friendship with you. I really appreciate it. And your story, very touching. I hope to have you perhaps back on the episode. As you know, this episode is all about us sharing what we are going through at the time that we're going through it. And I think that it is priceless to have a resource where people can share what they're going through when it comes to grief and perhaps even ideas or suggestions on how they have gotten through. And last but not least, if you're out there and you have moments and you have days where you think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get over this. Kira and I are here to tell you, yes, you are never going to get over your grief and you need to be aware of that. You can live with it. You can walk through the different pains and the different milestones and you can get to the other side of each one of those events with confidence, each time a little bit less pain. But there's one thing that is really important to be able to take those steps forward, and that is to keep filling your life with more life. And don't ever hesitate to talk honestly about your grief and to talk honestly about who you lost. Let's say their name, right? Bonita would really appreciate if we always said her name, and I think that you guys have a great attitude on making sure that you embrace not only who she was, and the memories that she gave you, but who she is right now and who she, what she may, means to you all. And I hope that uh, your dad and your new bonus mom have the strength to continue exactly what they're doing because obviously they have the right attitude. And I give your entire family giant hugs. And thank you again for coming on the show and being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for this time and also for what you do. I love what you do so much. And it was such an honor to finally get to meet you and give you a hug and thank you in per and thank you in person and to have this new friendship too. I'm just 
so grateful all the way around. So thank you very, very much for everything you do. You are very welcome. You have a great rest of your day and I will see you later. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. One last time, I'd like to thank Kira for joining me on the show and just being so very honest and so very forthright with her experiences and her thoughts when it comes to supporting people going through grief. I hope that you find as much value in it as I have. And thank you, my friends, again for listening to the Journey to Grateful podcast. I am thankful for you being here each and every episode, taking the time to listen to this podcast, and of course, sharing it with others. I encourage you to stop by the community on social media, share your own story and insights on grief, and join our family in helping others on this path. Head on over to journeytograteful.com slash community to find ways to join the conversation and make a difference through your story. And while you're on the site, please sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter designed to provide you inspiration and motivation. And if you would like more personal connections with me, I invite you to connect with me via email, tim at journeytograteful.com. But why stop there? Go ahead and give me a call, leave me a voicemail, or simply send me a text anytime. The number is 262-298-2428. That's 262-298-CHAT. And lastly, help me build this community, help me to broaden my reach, and support my mission by reviewing this show and telling others why you listen over at Apple Podcasts. I've provided you a leave a review button over at journeytograteful.com on the homepage and the podcast page to support this podcast through your comments is a very, very powerful thing that you can do today. And I very much appreciate it. Now today, I would like to simply leave you with a pretty simple and poignant quote, which speaks volumes. When someone you love becomes a memory, the memory becomes a treasure. Now, I hope all the supporters out there can understand the memories we hold of our loved ones are certainly treasures to us. And all we ask is that you help us safeguard that treasure and keep that treasure vibrant each and every day. This is why we speak of them, and we invite you to do the same. Thank you again, my friends, for joining me today. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode or any previous episodes. And for those who are walking on their path with grief, I hope you find a way to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.